Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello! Hello! Back in the studio once more. Does it feel good? It's been a while. Oh, it's great to be back amongst your faces. It feels fine. <laughs> it's comfortable. <laughs> it's pretty comfortable. Good temperature in here. Yeah, no, it's quite nice. It's pleasant temperature. Is that what you meant? Yes. Jess, I just I need to call you out on this Yes. Um, because we did get some feedback about the live shows that we sounded like we were being nasty to each other. Oh, that was joke nasty. Joke nasty. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, have, I have started legal proceedings. So. Well, to be completely honest, I have cripplingly low self-esteem and uh, imposter syndrome. And honestly, I often put people on a pedestal and they don't really value me in the same way and then that kind of leaves me feeling a bit rejected and... Um, and a bit isolated. Uh, and then so on the flip side of that, something I do a lot basically as a as a way to protect myself, as a defence mechanism, is that I push, I keep people at an arm's length. So when I say things like, or you say friend and I say, oh, colleague, uh, that is just me being terrified of letting you in. <laughs> Okay, so hopefully that's clear for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Just jokes and, um, you sadness. know. Sadness. <laughs> and a symptom of some mental health exactly. scenarios. So if you have a go at me for it, you're kind of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we've cleared that up. Yeah. I think everyone's feeling more comfortable now. <laughs> I was just going to say, hey, just let you know it's all jokes, but no, just no, put no. it in a much more succinct way. Much more real way. <laughs> much more, much real more way. succinct. Now, well, the good news is we're hoping to do more live shows now. You know, things are opening up a bit in Australia. And uh, one we've booked in already in Melbourne is a live screening of The Mummy at Lido <laughs> Cinemas in September. Yes. And afterwards, we're recording an episode of Phrasing the Bar, our spin-off Patreon-only podcast where we go through Brendan Fraser's movies mm. um, in the cinema. And we put that on sale last week. We've sold half the tickets, the cinema, and you get to book your seat. Yeah. If you look at the map, it is absolutely filling up. Yes, it is. That is ridiculous. Really exciting. So if you want to get involved with that, there is a link in the description of this episode, or you go to LidoCinemas.com 
cinemas.com.au slash mummy. <laughs> Which is fun. But if you go to latercinemas.com slash daddy, it's a very different link, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> what do they have on it's this It's a side? special kind of, it's a special thing they're doing. Don't worry about it. All right. It's porn. Oh. And that's okay. So. Yeah, that's sick. Porn's been given the Jess tick of approval. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's fine. Whatever. Do you do you. All right. Well, we're going to crack into this week's episode. And for first-time listeners, Jess, what is this show? This show is called Do Go On. The do is where one of us goes and does a report. <laughs> oh, okay. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> What's the go, then? They do some research. Uh, they one go. Of them, sorry. One of them goes and does a report. Does the research. Does the research. Yes. Yep. They write up the report as part of their research that they've doosed. Yeah. <laughs> They go in their car. They come here to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, they, and we all see each other. We say hello, and then uh, they we turn on the microphones, and we uh, the, the the one who did the report uh, says it to the other two who politely <laughs> applaud. Yeah. So you're telling me I should have turned these microphones on? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think that that is... Not only is... the microphones are on, but Jess is on. Yeah. That's fantastic. And Jess is enjoying her own jokes a little too much. <laughs> I liked it too. <laughs> fantastic. Well, this week I am the one uh, who's uh, doing the report. Yes. And uh, I'm going to ask... That's just normal English. Yeah. I was really would have been funnier if it wasn't, but uh, I, I couldn't figure out how to do it do wrong. It. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a doozy. And um, I am going to get us on a topic this week by asking a question. And uh, the question this week is, I think it's a very gettable one. So hands on buzzers. Okay. Buzz. All right. Jess Jess has buzzed in first. I was just testing the buzzer. I was just testing the buzzer. No testing here. Jess, you get to hear the full uh, question, but you've already buzzed in, so you get first go at it. It's a weird system. What? The the game show where everyone just wants to buzz in really quickly. Uh, The question is, who famously said something like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, everyone gets a car? Uh, That would be... uh, Barry Burke from Berwick. (laughs) Gail's best friend, Oprah. That's right. It's Oprah Winfrey. I'm going to tell the story of Oprah Winfrey. Dave, I know normally we do like a couple of joke answers, but I could not risk giving you that opportunity and you swooping in and just giving the correct answer. So I just had to go for it. Okay. I hope you understand. We have it because we have a listener who used to keep tally of uh, who's been getting the most right. Last I heard I was winning, but haven't had an update in, I reckon, two years. Yeah. So. And no, that's no pressure to them. It's a big task. Yeah. Maybe I, they've moved on. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I didn't know, so. <laughs> I did. Of course, you bloody It's did. funny. You've already picked a hole in this report. Uh, her best friend, Gail, does not get a mention. Neither oh. does Stedman. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I, I should have mentioned Do you mention bit. her talk show? <laughs> In passing. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. I mean, it's a very big, successful talk show, and I will mention that. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe this is an awful report, but... I don't think that's the case, no. I think you're focusing on her professional career. Let's see. Let's find out. Um, so this was suggested by Keely from Queensland in Australia and Meredith Van Beekhuizen from Auckland in New Zealand. A couple of Southern Hemisphere um, suggestors for this hmm. one. Uh, 
as a quick warning, Oprah's early life was brutally tough and she suffered from abuse. So, yes, just a heads up. I'm not going to go into it too much, but um, I will be mentioning that. Uh, are you ready for this report? I'm quite surprised it hasn't been suggested by more. Yeah, I was. I, her name is in the hat a lot. Like right. if I search for it, she comes up in uh, in the suggestions for other people's topics. Like, oh, there's a great interview by Oprah with this person right. and that sort of stuff. So more suge- more people have, su- have suggested Gail than Oprah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a slap in the and face. Tom Cruise jumping on chairs. Can we <laughs> yeah. do an episode on the the chair jumping? Oh, hundred percent. Yes. I also don't mention that in this report. Sorry. I don't. I actually don't know how I'm going to fill this uh, time. <laughs> uh, so Oprah was born on the 29th of January 1954 in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, in the United States of America. Uh, but Oprah is not actually her birth name, according to a BBC profile. Do you know this? Oh, yeah. I thought I it was. I do know. Oh, what? So, <laughs> yes. Is it? It's similar to Oprah. It is. Is it an anagram? Yes, it is. <laughs> It's Orpa. Orpa. Orpa was her uh, original name, Orpa Gail Winfrey. Uh, that's right. So <laughs> this we're... is from the BBC profile. That's right. Orpa, not Oprah. Orpa. Wow, I didn't realise that Gail was named after Oprah's <laughs> middle name. Yeah. <laughs> that's friendship for you. Imagine. Well, that, it's actually, that's just a character that Oprah plays. <laughs> <laughs> She's that good. Yeah. yeah. She's like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> just plays her own family and friends. <laughs> So Orpa. Orpa. So this is still from the BBC. Uh, She was named after a biblical figure in the book of Ruth. I didn't even know there was a book of Ruth in the Bible. It's instantly my favourite book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When no one knew how to spell or pronounce it properly, they started calling her Oprah instead, and it stuck. And the name Oprah is now known to millions worldwide, having reached a level of fame where she can be identified by her first name alone. Yeah, that's the dream. Okay, I've just got to say, um, fair enough if you don't know how to pronounce the name, but there's no way you're mispronouncing Orpah and being like, I reckon that's Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I did find it funny that this BBC article made a big deal about her being known by her first name. I was like, she's the only Oprah. You know, if it was like Greg... That would yeah. be quite yeah. an achievement. Greg from Greg's. Yeah. Or so, Adele. Adele, yeah. I mean, that's... I know lots of Adele's. Right. You know? But there's only one Adele, so yep. name unknown. Most of most of the mononame people, like Beyonce, mm. uh, that, you know, they're the only Beyonce you know. Yeah, that's Madonna. True. And I was going to say Orpa is such... It's like, I was like, that's an unusual name, but so is Oprah. Mm. I'm just very used to it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Orpa Winfrey Show. That's fun. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I'd watch it. Uh, Oprah's parents were young when she was born, about 19 and 21. Her mother, Vanita Lee, was a housemaid. And according to the Washington Post, Oprah's father was in the armed services (laughs) when she was born and her mother was looking to escape Mississippi. Her father later said he heard of her birth when he received a printed baby announcement in the mail with a scribbled note that wrote, send clothes. Uh, Soon after Oprah's birth, her mother moved to Milwaukee, leaving Oprah with her grandmother on a small farm. Uh, According to entrepreneur.com, her grandmother was a harsh but loving disciplinarian whom Winfrey credits with fostering her outgoing personality and precociousness. Under her grandmother's tutelage, she learned to read by the age of two, and by the time she was three, her speaking talents had already begun uh, to emerge. 
She was often invited to recite poetry at social clubs and church teas, where they referred to her as the little speaker. <laughs> the Guardian writes that during the years living with her grandmother, she would often wear Hessian overalls made from potato sacks that earned her the cruel nickname Sack Girl. Not very creative, Ooh, yeah, right? No. And it doesn't mention who's calling her that. Yeah. Guessing it's not her grandmother who's dressing her in those. Probably not. Uh, she had pet cockroaches and a doll made from a dried corn cob. So she, she was really living in, in poverty mm. out, out uh, on the farm. Uh, the Guardian article continues, When she was three, she would mock interview her doll and the crows on the fence outside her grandmother's home. Stop it. She was such a gifted speaker in church that a kinder childhood nickname was The Preacher. The Preacher. I like Little Speaker. Yeah. That's fun. You know, like when you go to a party or a barbecue and you take your little Bluetooth speaker and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much for bringing the speaker because I forgot mine. And you're a real hero. Is that a, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a story from your life? <laughs> I don't know. It might be. <laughs> it's kind of amazing that she had so many nicknames at such a young age yeah. as well. The little speaker, sack girl, Just and ima- the preacher. Imagine a little toddler reciting poetry, though. That's very yeah. cute. Uh, According to the Washington Post, at age six, Oprah went to live with her mother, then returned two years later to her father in Nashville, where she was welcomed by Vernon and his wife, Zelma. This is something that no one's really made a point of this, but her parents' names are Vanita and Vernon. Oh, yeah. What are the odds of that? (laughs) Two Verns. Imagine your mum and dad both being named some version of Vern. My uncle Michael married a Michelle. That's pretty good. That's pretty My good. My dad used to date a Paula. Oh, no. And his name's Darren. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, that's pretty weird. Uh, work with a guy whose name is Kim, his wife. Also Kim. Get out. So the same name. That'd be very confusing in bed, wouldn't it? Oh, or real hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that that's someone you work with. but You went straight there. <laughs> yes, Fern. <laughs> Yeah, no, I couldn't. No, I don't think I'd be able to make it work with a a male Jess. Because you're, there definitely is obviously Jessies and things out there. You think that that would be a a deal breaker for you? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there's little things that you. It's not like I, you, you see someone like I'm in love with them. I haven't even heard their name yet. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Normally you hear the name and you're like, oh. I kind of did do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you found out that their name was Jess. Yeah, it would have been, been too like, late. Well, yeah, it's too late. I'm in. No, I mean that's not fair to. But I, I wouldn't love it. I'd probably call them by their surname or something. I'd have a nickname for them. You know, their last name is also Jess. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, Jesse Jess. This is my boyfriend, Jesse Jess. <laughs> Jesse Jess shame. Junior. This is my Jabba boyfriend. Well, I could call him something else. This is the little speaker. <laughs> this is the preacher. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so um, uh, she. Re- this is from Washington Post. She then returned two years later to her father in Nashville where she was welcomed by Vernon and his wife, Selma. Selma had had one difficult pregnancy which ended in a miscarriage and while she wanted children, she didn't want to risk another pregnancy. So Oprah's arrival was for them a godsend and they immersed her in their life of hard work, family and church. When Oprah was nine years old... Her mother asked Vernon if Oprah could come for a visit for the summer, and Vernon agreed. Uh, but when he came to pick his daughter up the next fall, Oprah's mother told Vernon that Oprah was going to stay in Milwaukee with her with her with her mum. Mm. 
Uh, Vernon Winfrey remembers crying over his daughter only once, and that was when he had to leave her there with his uh, with her mother, uh, saying, "We had brought her out of that atmosphere because it was it was pretty tough there with her mum in in Milwaukee. We'd brought her out of that atmosphere, out of a house into a home. So I knew it was not good for her being in that environment again. But he just, you know, it was mum's wishes. He just had to, uh, I guess. That's tough. Yeah, real tough. And this is this is the the toughest part of her life, I believe. Uh, in her years living in Milwaukee, Oprah suffered greatly living through poverty and abuse. According to entrepreneur.com, her mother was so preoccupied with her own problems that she had little time for Winfrey. This lack of parental supervision left her vulnerable and beginning when she was nine and continuing for several years thereafter, Winfrey was sexually abused by several different men, including a teenage cousin and her mother's boyfriend. Oh. Years later, during a show, she was, like her own talk show, she was doing about incest. Winfrey burst into tears and shared with her audience the story. Wow! So this was like early on in her show in in '86 when she had her own, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show, and it was one of the things that I think she she was so open about herself, and that that really drew people in and and made people feel like you know they they really knew her. Uh, the article goes on to say, confused, ashamed, guilt-ridden and afraid to tell anyone what was being done to her, Winfrey began to act out. So she, and I think, yeah, uh, this is from the Washington Post. The only way Winfrey could figure to fight for herself was through manipulation and acting out. Oprah wore bifocals that were butterfly-rimmed, she uh, felt ugly in them and wanted to get a different style, but her mother said she couldn't afford them. And Winfrey, already the accomplished actress with a keen dramatic sense, devised a plan. And this is quoting from Oprah. I stayed home from school, broke my glasses in many pieces and called the police. After I pulled down the curtains and knocked over the lamps, I lay down on the floor and faked being unconscious and having amnesia. Of course, I'd seen this on Marcus Welby, MD, a TV show about someone having amnesia. This was the story. Someone broke in, hit me in the head and knocked off my glasses. <laughs> Winfrey recalled laughing. Oprah's mother didn't think the stunt was very funny at all. I've seen her tell this story a few times and she's, she acts it out. Her, the doctors are all like believing it and the mum comes in and is just like not nah. buying it at all. <laughs> She'd been begging her for new glasses and yeah. then all of a sudden. Oh, how convenient. They, yeah, they really smashed up the glasses. <laughs> they didn't take anything <laughs> and, else. And just... I don't remember anything. Yeah. Um, so Oprah's mother didn't think the stunt was funny at all. She'd had it, recalls Oprah. She felt that Oprah was uncontrollable, ungrateful, and after the robbery stunt, maybe a little crazy, according to Oprah. That's sort of how her mum felt about it all. Hmm. Um, knowing what's going on there, you feel, you know, obviously hugely unfair. Uh, but but this is probably for the best, because as entrepreneur.com uh, goes on, her increasing belligerence and delinquency proved too much for her mother. She tried to put Winfrey in a detention centre, but the institution didn't have enough beds. So instead, she sent her back to live with her father in Nashville, Tennessee. Whoa. Like that was option B. Yeah. I'd rather put you in detention, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. You don't have a bed? Fine. Back to your dad. Go to your dad. Who, yeah, clearly. Who was really wanting to have, yeah. have you, yeah. Uh, a strict disciplinarian, like her grandmother, Winfrey's father changed the course of her life. Uh, this is quoting Winfrey again. My father turned my life around by insisting that I can be more than I was and by believing I could be more. Uh, his love of learning showed me the way. 
Living with her father, Oprah's life began to change. She became an honest student, and according to entrepreneur.com again, she rediscovered her flair for public speaking, emerging as a standout orator, which I think she already obviously showed signs of from a very young age. Wow. Her speaking skills earned her a scholarship to Tennessee State University, where she majored in speech and drama. In 1973, while only a sophomore, the 19-year-old Winfrey... <laughs> did I say something funny? Sorry. No. no. You did say sophomore. <laughs> Well, how do you say that? She joined the softball team. <laughs> how do you say? How do you say sophomore? Isn't that how you say sophomore? Sophomore. Really? I thought that was. I always thought that was sophomore. Soph- Sorry. Sophomore. Sophomore. I've never heard it pronounced sophomore before. I've never heard sophomore. Sophomore. Uh, okay. Well, that makes it feel like I'm basing it on a lot of television and movies. Don't they well, I believe that you would be. That would be right then. But I didn't mean to laugh and derail. No, that's it was, okay. wasn't worth that. I just made Sophom- eye contact with Dave. That's so that's funny. Why? Well, just I mean, there is a sophomore, but yeah, there's a big chance that Jess and I are both wrong, and we're about to get one zillion tweets. No, I have a funny feeling if Jess has seen it on, on American TV. Yes, it's a word we don't really have here. No, it's not. Maybe I've never heard it before. Then. Really not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's written sophomore, I guess. Yeah. So maybe that. Yeah. Maybe I've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> it feels like I would. Have. I mean, I've watched Degrassi Junior High. Yeah, surely that. Surely be in it's there. in there. Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Yeah. Surely. It's got to uh, be. Other shows? Other shows. <laughs> Surely. Uh, uh, Movies. Uh, Dawson's Creek. Bring it on. You know, sure. films. Yeah, Chirocracy. <sighs> yeah. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> All shows. There was at school. Sophomore. That is so funny that I feel like, because I would have definitely heard the word before. At, yeah, at some stage. Oh, I do apologise. Maybe Thanks. I, just, I appreciate apologize. you pulling uh, me up on it because. Um, <laughs> do you really appreciate this? No, I do. Because at least, because uh, at least if if you ignored it, I would have got tweets with people being annoyed by it. But anyway, it's a word that will not come up again. Okay, well, that's great to hear. While only a sophomore, yeah, it just doesn't feel. Right. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I reckon America's wrong on this yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they also don't know how to pronounce orpa. Mm, yeah. Good point. Or aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so while only a sophomore... No, you're right. It is sophomore, isn't it? Yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> while only a sophomore, the 19-year-old Winfrey was offered a job as co-news anchor at Nashville's CBS affiliate. Wow. WTVF-TV. And became not only Nashville's first female co-anchor, but the first black co-anchor as well. Whoa. At the age of 19. She's a sophomore. <laughs> she's a t- now that you say it, it she's sounds a, ridiculous she's like that. Anchor. How did she get that gig? That's, That's awesome. Crazy. She didn't even have to start in like community radio and TV. I think she. I just think she wow. was that good. Obviously undeniable. That's remarkable. Yeah, I predict big things for this kid. Do you reckon? Yeah, I I've think you're a, full of shit, Dave. No, I got a funny feeling. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Joke nasty. <laughs> yeah, I think you're full of love and light. Thank you. And you'll I value be, you. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, inspired by her success at WTVF TV, <laughs> I love how worst. catchy WTVF was her first thing to be like. We've got to rebrand. Uh, Oprah left college during her senior year. Sorry, senior year. <laughs> <laughs> to accept a position in Baltimore with WJZ TV as co-anchor of the evening news. And according to Oprah, this is wild, some of the stuff that they put her through early. Uh, 
According to Oprah, the news director said to me at the time, nobody's going to remember Oprah. So we want you to change your name. We've come up with a name we think that people will remember and people will like. It's going to be terrible. It's a friendly name. Susie. Susie Winfrey. I don't hate it. <laughs> Susie Winfrey's fun. I thought it was going to be like Diane. Yeah. Judith. And then she sort of, like in this quote, she starts acting it out. Hi, Susie. Very friendly. You can't be angry with Susie. Remember Susie? But my name wasn't Susie. And you know... It's not Oprah either. I'd I'd grown up not really loving my name. Because when you're looking for a little name on on the lunch boxes or the license plate tags, you're never going to find Oprah. Similar to Bort. Yeah. (laughs) No, Bort. You'll see Bort a lot. We're out of Bort license plates. But honestly, having a very vanilla name, I can tell you it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You can always get Jessica... Never Jess. Oh, right. That's interesting. Jessica means I'm in trouble. Right. I don't want it. You don't want to be in trouble on your lunchbox. No! <laughs> <laughs> lunch, lunch is meant to be a happy time. It's a happy time. There's a sandwich in there. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. A sandwich. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think every word could have one more yeah. syllable. Agreed. Hmm. What's for lunch? A meatball. <laughs> I like to say sophomore. I say it like, you know, like a... Uh, like Mario might. <laughs> a sophomore. Like my sophomore year. <laughs> Which I can do as uh, someone who is 116th Swiss Italian. And I can do it because I know someone who's 116th yes. Swiss Italian. So, Ram? And I can do it because I know someone who knows someone. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll put you in touch. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, there's a more direct link. <laughs> mm, I don't see it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Oprah goes on. So, I grew up not loving the name, but once I was asked to change it, I thought... Well, it is my name. Do I look like a Susie to you? Not really. So I thought, no, it doesn't feel right. But what is a Susie? Mm. You know? Oh, that's such a good I point. was so quick to say no, but, like, what's a Susie? What's a Susie look like? You know? Yeah. That's pretty deep, man. I mean, I, I would assume a child. It's a child's name. Susie. For a little, for a little tiny baby. Oh, I think of, like, uh, Susie Quattro. Oh, okay. That's my go-to, Susie. Mm. And is it Susie and the Banshees? No, that's... But that's a different... Is that a different... Susie. Sushi. 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 I'm thinking of sushi. Thank you. Another... But that's another old rock band, I think. Yeah. Is there... There's another... You know, Susie Q is also Susie Quattro. Although, all I can think of is, like, 70s rock stars. Yeah. Uh, so she basically say, no, I'm going to keep my name. Yeah, she said, so I thought, no, it doesn't feel right. I'm not going to change my name. And if people remember it or not, that's okay. Great. And then they said they didn't like the way I looked. This was 1976, when your boss could call you in and say, I don't like the way you look. Now that would be called a lawsuit. But back then, they would just say, I don't like the way you look. So they sent me to a salon where they gave me a perm and after a few days all my hair fell out and I had to shave my head. And then they really didn't like the way I looked. (laughs) But even worse than being bald, I really hated, hated, hated being sent to report on other people's tragedies as a part of my daily duty, knowing that I was just expected to observe when everything in my instinct told me that I should be doing something, I should be lending a hand. So she found it really hard to be doing uh, news reporting because uh, everything was so grim and she just wanted to help not just report on it. She wanted to get involved. 
Um, yeah, that story about the hair was so wild. She tells it in a... It doesn't sound quite as fucked, but another way I read it was they were like, your hair's too thick. you got to go thin out your hair or change your hair, which is like, it's just... <clears throat> Yeah, fucked. But yeah. um and like you said, that would be a lawsuit now. Yeah. But back then they could just do that. Apparently news the Baltimore news anchors or whoever not anchors, but the executives. Mm. Um so yeah, she was finding uh finding that part of the job really hard. She she was only doing it for a matter of months. But um according to entrepreneur.com again, she found that uh hard news wasn't really her forte. She was deeply empathetic. She had difficulty distancing herself from her work, often having to fight back tears while reporting stories that touched her, and unable to get past this emotional connection to her subjects, she was fired. But which I guess makes sense. You never hear of news reporters cry. I mean, I'd like to watch that news more, I think. You want to watch people cry. Oh, okay, good but point. I want them to to go to a reporter who's at a, a tragic scene being like, like, this is awful, and yeah. actually talking about it. Or, you know, it'd be fun if they were just like, this is fucked, hey, look yeah. at this. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Maybe you can't Maybe you can't have it like that. I, I, I would know. even just like it if they spoke in normal voices. Yeah. So I did an internship with, because I studied journalism, I did a TV news for a week and just sort of shadowed them, and the reporters all have normal voices. Yes. One of them had this, like, very... Uh, she had quite a high sing-song kind of voice. She spoke very slowly, you know, talking about her weekend, we're going to do this, and she was lovely. Then we get to the news and it's uh, this morning, uh, Darren, <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Just talk normally, you idiot. It's, it's very, yeah, it's very strange that I think it's like trying to take any emotion out of the voice yeah. and trying to make all reporters sound the same, but it is a strange thing. Yeah. Thanks very much, Darren. Uh, (laughs) At about 10 o'clock this morning, a train arrived here at this station. And then she finishes and goes, I'm hungry. I'm like, what is it? I don't know who you are. Jess, I don't want to alarm you, but you are very good at that voice. (laughs) Have you considered being a reporter? I studied journalism. Have you considered being a reporter? No, I found it really grim. (laughs) You, I didn't like it. You're Australia's answer to Oprah. I have been saying that for a long time, <laughs> and nobody will answer my emails. Who are you saying it Hello. to? <laughs> Dear Ida Buttress, <laughs> I think you'll find I am Australia's answer to Oprah. Um, I'm Australia's answer to the question, Oprah? <laughs> Jess. <laughs> Jess, please. <laughs> Okay, Jess, please is a fun show title. <laughs> what do I do on the show? Who cares? Give away prizes. Yeah, you work that you out later. The crowd. <laughs> you give the cars from Barry Burke of Berwick. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Barry. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, Phil Donahue, would you two remember this guy at all? Phil Donahue, he was apparently kind of started this format, basically. The talk show host that went around Dr. and talked Phil. to people. <laughs> Dr. Phil Donahue. This is, this is pre-Dr. Phil. I will mention the, the good doctor briefly later. But no, Phil Donahue was like a silver-haired man. The name and rings it, a bell, yeah. And he'd go around. I think it was it was obviously in the eighties, and he was he was the big show. It was a a popular nationally syndicated talk show out of Baltimore, and a Winfrey's station manager. Luckily, she had someone who was who could see her talents and could see that her caring about stuff might be a, actually 
be a positive. <laughs> yeah. For a human and for, you know, their job. Yes, exactly. So uh, they wanted to create a version, a sort of a similar show to Phil Donahue's show, but for the local market. Uh, so fortunately for Winfrey, um, this happened in 1977. She became the co-host of the Baltimore Morning Show, and this is one of my favourite TV show names ever. People are talking. <laughs> I love a show that just is what it says. <laughs> what do we got on here? Okay, we're going to have people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But what, are, what will they be doing? <laughs> sitting. Okay, people are sitting. I like this, but I reckon we can punch it up even further. People are talking. Oh, so good. if you could pipe down, people are talking, <laughs> yeah. okay? People are talking in here, boys. And I said you could share a packet of Jats. And play your video games, but turn down, please. People are talking. And what it sounds like... great title. Winfrey kind of took what Phil Donahue was doing, but just ended up making it her own and even and just um, taking it to another level in terms of popularity and that sort of stuff. According to entrepreneur.com, Oprah had found her niche. Her uncommon ability to connect intellectually and emotionally with a wide variety of topics made the show an instant success. I came off the air, she says, of her first show, and I said to myself, this is what I should be doing. It's like breathing. Wow. Uh, people are talking rocketed up the ratings chart, eventually becoming the... <laughs> people are talking. <laughs> eventually becoming the top show of its genre in the Baltimore market, and Winfrey's success attracted the attention of Chicago-based WLS-TV, which offered her a chance to anchor the station's floundering talk show, AM Chicago, or is that... Am Chicago. Mm, I think it's Am. I think it's Am. We Am Chicago. (laughs) Uh, Winfrey's earthy, down-home, comfortable style captivated audiences and the show became an instant smash hit. It bested even hometown boy Phil Donahue in the ratings and was quickly syndicated in 120 cities. Whoa. This is quite a, a quick success. Hell yeah. How how did Phil take that? that? His protege has taken over. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, but I imagine probably not great. Or maybe he did. Maybe he loved it. Great imagination there, man. Yeah. Great, Thank I love that. Maybe somewhere in between. Really? Yeah. <laughs> maybe a bit a real mixed feeling. Maybe you know? it was fine about it. Yeah, maybe there is a part of you that's like, oh, that's, you know, it never feels nice to be to be overtaken. But at the same time, you know, a young voice, so mm. the next generation. Yeah. Maybe maybe nobody told him. <laughs> maybe he's still on air now. <laughs> yeah. The camera's been switched off for decades. He does not Phil, Phil. But he turns up 6 a.m. every day, does his show. Phil, it's time to go home. <laughs> I wonder when, yeah. So I, re- I vaguely remember the show in the 90s, Phil Donahue, but let me see. I- <laughs> he's still alive at 85. Wow. Go, Phil. On you, Phil. Go, Have you, Phil. Can you, you've got Phil up on your phone, do you, Dave? Yeah. Can I see? What I don't. About? I must say, I personally don't recognise him. But sorry, it's loading his photograph. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. So the Phil Donahue show it ran to nineteen ninety six. Oh wow! So wow! Oh wow! It just it reminds me of being sick from school. Yeah. You know, you're homesick oh, and oh, I'd rather be sick than watch. The, I'd rather be in school than have to be forced to watch this. <laughs> Which photo did you see though, Jess? Was it a, him as an old man? Because yes. I think he looks. He didn't. That's not how I, I wouldn't have recognised him there either. Ah. As a young man, he didn't look like an old. He man. He had just like a great look at that hair and the big goggles. I mean, you said, did you see him as an old? <laughs> I mean, man? he started as an old and man. You showed me a picture <laughs> of an old man. No, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's him as like a fifty-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between those two photos is one of them is like a proper press photo, so his hair's combed, and in the other one, 
Uh, he's just looking a bit shaggier in the That's hair. so funny. I don't recognise him in the in the more modern photo at all. He, that's the big glasses that I think I remember more than anything. Fantastic I, goggles. I don't think I recognise him at all. He's and a, a haircut you could set your watch to. <laughs> he's got a full trophy cabinet as well. 20 Emmy Awards. Wow. So well, He was a game changer. Pretty, pretty good. good he invented the game. Good for Phil. On your Phil. On your Phil. Phil. Uh, he's my favourite Phil. Mm. Yeah. People are talking. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing I think that stopped him from being the king still, is he didn't get that sweet name. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so according to Britannica, Winfrey's honest and engaging personality quickly turned the program. This is uh, Chica- uh, AM Chicago. AM Chicago. Mm-hmm. AM Chicago. Uh, it quickly turned the program into a success, and in 1985, it was renamed the Oprah Winfrey Show. Syndicated nationally in 1986, the program became the highest-rated television talk show in the United States and earned semi several Emmy Awards. Semi is what I say uh, for several Emmys. Sometimes I add some wow. levels, sometimes I take them Because it out. comes up that often. Yeah. My semi. <laughs> Phil is also semi with 20 Emmys. Yeah. Yes. Just so, filling over a couple of semis. What year was it that the it was? <laughs> That's when they talk about semi trailers. That's how how big they need to be to keep all their awards in. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, what year was it that it was renamed to the Oprah Winfrey Show? Was it eighty eighty five? Wow. Cool. So she's taken off. Yes. And in that same year, I didn't know about this stuff at all. But in nineteen eighty five, Winfrey scored a role in Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the novel The Color Purple. She played the role of Sophia, and her on-screen husband's name was Harpo. And during the auditioning process, Oprah apparently told Spielberg, Harpo is Oprah backwards. Hmm, maybe that's a sign <laughs> you should hire me. Love that, love that. And that's why I always go for roles alongside my on-screen husband, Sedge. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Sedge. Spielberg, I think. <laughs> Come on, You know what mate. this means. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Tam, Tammy, a little luckier there. Mm. Evad. Evad. <laughs> Evad, that's right. Yep. Uh, and I, I saw her telling that story on when she was on Letterman at that time in 86. Oh, wow. Um, her performance was critically acclaimed, scoring. So she's come up with, no, I, as far as I know, no real acting experience to this point. Other than her speech and drama studies. Well, yes, okay. <laughs> that's, but, yeah. Um. Uh, but it was like news reading and talk show hosting. Quite different. And then, it, um, yeah, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Golden Globes and Academy Awards. Wow. Amazing. Awesome. That blew my mind. Um, soon after the Oscars, Oprah hosted Saturday Night Live. I watched the opening monologue of it uh, this morning. And it was quite funny. She did, she sort of she did it uh, as a bit of a two-hander with... Um, Oh, fuck. Why do I start saying this when I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name? He's, uh, he was, he's like the, uh, the rival wedding singer in the movie The Wedding Singer. Oh, I know that he's guy. He's losing his mind. Yeah. John Lovett. John Lovett. Yes, well done. We'd we be good at one of those games. We where should you... form a trivia team. <laughs> <laughs> what would I contribute? That exact, that exact question. The trivia host, about John trivia host gets up there and goes, all right, I'm going to do an impression. Um, I'm the... Uh, Rival in the wedding singer, and Matt and I are like who, 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 and you're like eh, John Lovitz. Okay, yeah, sure. But uh, this, how strange was this? Um, Oprah Winfrey, right? Everyone knows Oprah. Everyone knows how to say it. But I'm watching it, and the announcer goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, Oprah Winfrey." 
was strange there was a time that people didn't know how to pronounce the name, but also strange that there's a time where the host of a show... Didn't do his research. Didn't know how to pronounce the host of the show's name. Yeah. Okay. I'd get that written. I mean, some could say I'm throwing stones from a glass house, but... Um, yeah, Justin. Maybe and, he skipped his Divi. sophomore year, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> then in 1986. <laughs> Joke nasty. Sophomore. 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 It's not sophomore. It's not sophomore. No. I, was, I, I would have, if you both weren't so sure, I would have kept a little glimmer of hope that I... Mm. Uh, honestly... I am not 100% on it. No, I, it's funny. I, yeah, just yesterday I was catching up with a mate and we were remembering how one time after a few beers <laughs> I lost five bucks to him because I was so sure it was pronounced orangutan. <laughs> Wait, no, orangutan. <laughs> so, no, I said, that is how it's pronounced. <laughs> I had the G at the end rather right. in the middle. No, I'm like, and I'm like, a lot of people think it's in the middle, but it's actually, you know, I was really. You were really doubling down. Okay. What have I told you? But I just looked it up on Google. The American pronunciation is listed as sophomore. Oh my God. So I wasn't. Sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. Sophomore. Yeah. But the British pronunciation, in fairness to Matt, is listed as having three syllables. Sophomore. Oh, okay. It had because I was having a real Mandela effect sort of moment. I'm like, I have lost it. That's I've interesting. Never heard. Doesn't that show so how much uh, British media I consume and how, how much, much American. American? Interesting, but I've never like we don't we don't use that word no. really in Australia. So I've only heard it in media. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I reckon I hear it. Sometimes you'll hear like. Their sophomore album and stuff like that. Right. Does that mean your, does that mean your second album? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But that makes way more sense that it, it can be pronounced both ways. Um, yeah. Interesting. Normally, it'd be the opposite. Normally, America would pronounce it phonetically, and yeah. Britain would pronounce it strangely. Yeah, they they pronounce it Worcester or something. <laughs> 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 Get you people. <laughs> you invented the language, but you say it all wrong. <laughs> Again, glass house. In his grave. <laughs> I know Australians probably shouldn't uh, arc up about yeah. pronunciation. Well, Matt, I do want to apologise, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, consciously call you out on it. I just no. giggled a little bit. Um, so it turns out we're both right, and that's the best possible scenario. <laughs> I think you really few... were. You felt you. I, I can tell that you felt bad for laughing. Yeah, no, which I just fine. I just looked away, but yeah. when looking away, I made eye contact with Dave, and that was like, well, now I'm ruined. Because <laughs> I was also very prepared to let it go um, <laughs> maturely as yeah. I am, uh, and I just hope that a few tweets have just been deleted. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Withdrawn cheerfully. There's geezers <laughs> tweeting like, "It is sophomore, right? Is it's sophomore, good... <laughs> you, you bloody geezers. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. Come on, <laughs> we're just having fun. Go here. have a cuppa. <laughs> I'm in my second year at Worcester University. Go put a brew on. All right, Jeez. Americans have a bloody cup of Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know about culture. We get it. We get it. We'll put a Billy on the boil. <laughs> Relax. The way that you do in your culture with us is obviously a billy on the boil. <laughs> We've all got billies. <laughs> and boils. 
Very painful. Hurts uh, <laughs> to walk. <laughs> Mine are on my butt. <laughs> oh. Worst place to have a billy. Or a boil. <laughs> um, all right. So, in 1986, Oprah started a TV production company naming it Harpo Productions, which, of course, is Snoit Cudorp Oprah Backwards. <laughs> For a second, I thought either you or I were having some kind of medical emergency. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what's happened to my brain? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stressful. <laughs> That has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me, and that feel, that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. He, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So Harpo has had a lot of success. So I, I... I had heard that, that Harpo was Oprah backwards. I didn't realise that it was also the name of her on-screen partner in one of her big acting roles because I didn't know. she. I didn't really know she acted much. Yeah. And I thought maybe like Ricky Lake, like we saw in one of our episodes of Phrasing the Bar, mm. had acted a little bit as well. I mean, there was a time where talk show hosts just got big acting jobs in Hollywood. But I think Ricky Lake was an actor, oh, then right. became a talk show host. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah. I knew that Oprah had her own sort of production company, but I didn't realise she'd started it so early. Yes. Like, that I, feels I early in her career, and it's like backing yourself, but also bloody already succeeding just from the get-go. It's awesome. She just I, – I, I can't really understand it. She just was so undeniably talented that she got a scholarship, then mm. she's getting a newsreading job at 19, and then even though she was showing a bit of emotion <laughs> – when talking about brutal things. Yeah. And then she's, you know, she reinvented the talk show genre. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but then she started this production company and with it has produced acclaimed uh, films like Precious, which was nominated for many Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Harpo also produced Selma, a film that chronicled Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, to secure equal voting rights. Uh, apparently, Oprah became involved in Selma after working with its star, David Oyelowo, uh, on another film, The Butler, and the two got on so well on that 
when Oyelowo asked for Oprah's help in getting Selma made, she said she'd do whatever she could to help. So apparently they were they were getting on real well. She was playing his mum on screen. She's great in that. I f- totally forgot about that, but I remember watching it going, fuck, she's good. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that why? Wow, yeah, amazing. Mm. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I've just been watching this stuff since then. I'm like, holy shit, she really can act. Yeah, she really can. Uh, and... Yes, so um, so they were hanging out, and he's, he's like, we're trying to get this film made. I think I'm born to play Martin Luther King. Um, and he, uh, he'd done one of the famous speeches, filmed himself in character and showed her, and apparently she was like, it's good. It's good. It's not quite there yet, but it is really good. I think even we can work on this and we can make it happen. He's like, can you please be involved? Or you produce or something? She's like, what will it involve? And he's like... Uh, you know, just help me getting it made. She's like, I'll do whatever I can. Wow. And yeah, so really, I don't think it would have been made without her. Uh, on a side note, Oprah's acting in The Butler was critically acclaimed also. She received multiple nominations for acting awards, including at the BAFTAs and the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Um, so it makes sense that as well as producing Selma, Oprah also appeared on screen as Annie Lee Cooper, which Vanity Fair called the smartest bit of cameo casting of the year. <laughs> Okay. It's a funny way to phrase it, but uh, Cooper, the the woman she played, was a real-life uh, civil rights activist who is best known for punching Alabama Sheriff Jim Clark. Ah. And uh, so it's a great scene in the film, but this is how uh, this great uh, website, wikipedia.org, oh, yeah. summarises the story uh, of uh, Annie Lee Cooper punching Sheriff Jim Clark. In January 1965, Cooper, who was 54 at the time, stood in line for hours outside the Dallas County Courthouse to register to vote until Sheriff Jim Clark ordered her to vacate the premises. Clark prodded Cooper in the neck with a billy club. So she's there trying to get involved in democracy. So the cop comes and, and is jabbing this middle 54-year-old woman in the neck with a club and she turns around and... <laughs> popped him in the jaw, knocking him to the ground. Uh, deputies then wrestled Cooper to the ground as Clark continued to beat her repeatedly with his club. Cooper was charged with criminal provocation and was escorted to the county jail and then held for 11 hours before being allowed to leave. She spent the period of her incarceration singing spirituals and some in the sheriff's department wanted to charge her with attempted murder. For Okay. Uh, following the, to the guy who yeah. beat her with a cl- anyway, yeah. following this incident, uh, Cooper became a registered voter in her home state. So she, this was a big incident, and it started to turn some of this stuff. So, um, I mean, this is all a whole different story. Yeah. But uh, before this time, it was you weren't allowed. To, segregation was illegal in America, but some states were still sort of finding ways to make it happen. They were making it brutally hard for black people to register for vote. They'd just make up uh, extra hurdles that they wouldn't for white people. And, yeah, so, yeah, it, um, wow. it's a great story and that's, like, a whole whole other topic, but I just... Did Oprah in the movie, does she punch... Yeah, she... Well, she them out? Yeah, she... It's not like a full sock em, but it's, yeah, she she gets him uh, to the ground and it's, a, it's beautifully shot. And I just think the direction's so good in that film. So, obviously, you'd think... A big film, critically acclaimed. The director's going to be nominated for Best Direction at the Oscars. That is not the case. Hardly, um, they were hardly nominated for any Oscars, even though there was real Oscar buzz about the film. It's a classic film that would get Oscar buzz, a biopic. Mm. 
um, like that that was done so well, etc. But it was only nominated for two Oscars, the Best Picture, which is a big one, obviously, and Best Original Song, which it won. Um, but everyone was expecting, or most people seem to be expecting, that it would be nominated across most of the major categories. And people were like, this is very strange. What a strange snub. And then a few years later, um, uh, according to Insider.com, the actor I was talking about before, David Oyelowo, uh, said that one of the reasons why his 2014 movie Selma only received two Oscar nominations back in 2015 was because members of the Academy Awards didn't like that he and the cast wore I Can't Breathe shirts to the movie's premiere. So they're doing a, a film about a classic civil rights moment and they were, you know, in, in part of a, a one at the time, um, and the members of the Academy apparently didn't like that. Uh, at the time, the article goes on, at the time of the movie's release in December of 2014, there were nationwide protests over the death of Eric Garner, who that July was killed after a white New York City police officer administered a chokehold on him as officers tried to arrest him. Cell phone footage, which later went viral, showed Garner saying, I can't breathe, over and over again. He later died on the way to the hospital and a medical examiner called his death a homicide with the report specifying that the compression of Garner's chest and prone positioning during physical restraint by police led to his death. Uh, the white police officer was not indicted by a grand jury. So the cast, as well as Selma director Ava DuVernay, wore the shirts in support of the protest. Very, very peaceful protest, just wearing a shirt with a message mm. on it. Oyelowo uh, told Screen Daily, uh, Screen Daily is the publication, uh, members of the Academy called into the studio and our producers saying, how dare they do that, wear the shirts? What are they, well, why are they shit stirring? And we are not going to vote for that film because we do not think it is their place to be doing that. Members of the Academy apparently called the production studio and said that. And let's remember that... In members, 2014. Yeah, the members of the Academy, an incredibly diverse group of people. Yeah, that's right. I don't want about... I say people, not just men, obviously. Um, They're all yeah. old white dudes. Very diverse. All diff- but all different ages, ranging from 60 to yeah. 85, I yeah. think. Uh, and, uh, A real finger on the pulse, I would say, <laughs> of the Academy. So... Uh, yeah, it is a bit surprising that they wouldn't feel comfortable with uh, with that. Uh, the quote goes on, it's part of why that film didn't get everything that people think it should have got and it birthed the hashtag Oscars so white. They used their privilege to deny a film on the basis of what they valued in the world. So, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I didn't know any of that story. And that, that only came, he only uh, talked about that quite a few years later. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, How ridiculous. I think after it came out and uh, the director of the film retweeted a, a link to that and then the Academy Awards Twitter said, we hear you, uh, we're working on it, or something like that. Mm. Um, Oprah, through Harpo Productions, has also produced many hit TV shows. So you know, there were those big hit films, um, critically acclaimed films. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, has produced uh, many hit TV shows, maybe not so critically acclaimed, apart from you know her own show, The Oprah Winfrey Show. She also has done uh, a show called Dr. Phil and a show called The Dr. Oz Show. Oh, yes. Uh, Dr. Phil is a talk show starring the titular Dr. Phil. Yes, not a doctor. Oh, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Dr. Phil rose to prominence as a regular guest on Oprah Winfrey's show. 
Uh, then in 2002, Oprah and Phil teamed up to create his own show, which still runs today, apparently. It's just been renewed until uh, at least 2023. Whoa. I didn't, I didn't think it was still going. No, me either. So I vaguely remembered what you were just referring to there, Jess, that um, there was some controversy about whether or not Dr. Phil was an actual doctor mm. or just a plain Phil. Um, <laughs> so I found this article on Distractify.com, which asked the question, is Dr. Phil a real doctor? What's his last name? <laughs> McGraw. McGraw. Of That's Thank a great you, yes. uh, Luckily, <laughs> You had us. that locked and loaded. Have you Googled him or do you just know that? That's Dr. Phil McGraw, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't really answer <laughs> the question. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that or not? It's Dr. Phil McGraw, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I did know. I do. I'm a, Dave, I'm so a big did fan. You I watch Dr. Google Phil it or did you know it? Dr. Phil McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> MD. <laughs> That's just my go-to answer for everything. And it's suddenly coming, coming handy. <laughs> it always seemed weird when you said it yeah, before now. Yeah, it makes sense. Right, and uh, what is your surname? Dr. Phil McGraw. <laughs> okay. Or <laughs> one word? Yes. Uh, so you did, luckily the Distractify uh, article also answered their own question. And this is what they wrote. The answer to this question depends on what you mean by doctor. Okay. If you're wondering whether he's a physician, the answer is no. Dr. Phil has never been licensed as a physician in any state. However, he is a doctor of philosophy in that he, is be- he has a PhD. He received his uh, degree from the University of Northern Texas in 1979 and obtained his license to practice psychology in Texas. But in 1988, after two complaints of misconduct, one of which alleged sexual advances towards the patient, the Texas State Board of Examiners of Psychologists launched an investigation into his practices. After they were unable to find any reference to physical contact, Dr. Phil uh, fulfilled the board's requirements. (laughs) (laughs) With a PH? (laughs) With a PhD. (laughs) Uh, Fulfilled the board's requirements so as to have his complaint file closed in 1990. Dr. Phil no longer holds a license to practice psychology, though, after more complaints from patients emerged and put his ability to practice psychology at risk. Dr. Phil voluntarily surrendered his Texas license in 2006 and no longer holds a license to practice psychology in any kind of any kind in the United States. This has been an ongoing controversy in the clinical psych world, with many psychologists questioning whether his TV program violates the law by offering the services of a psychologist. For reference, practicing psychology without a license in California, where his show films, is a felony. But it appears that Dr. Phil has covered his own legal tracks by asking guests to sign paperwork that states they are only receiving advice rather than counselling on the program. On the Today Show in 2008, the celebrity doctor said he has made it very clear that his current work does not involve any clinical practices and that he had retired from psychology. Do you reckon that is very clear that he's retired from psychology? When the show is called Dr. Phil? Yeah, but the doctor is silent. (laughs) It's just Phil. It's Phil. And his surname is... McGraw. Okay. Phil McGraw. Dr. Phil McGraw. McGraw. Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know why I went into all that on an Oprah thing, but I just thought it was just interesting, and that is one of her big successes on Fantastic. TV. Fantastic. Now, on to Dr. Oz. Okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I just did not think you would have... <laughs> I'm like, I've got to now check if Dr. Oz is oh, a real yeah, doctor. Is Dr. Oz a doctor? And according to the LA Times, he is saying... Because he wears scrubs, right? Yeah. Yes, he wears oh. He wears a stethoscope. <laughs> he really leans in. That one, I don't think that ever made it over here. 
the Doctor Phil was on TV a lot, but is Doctor Oz on I've over I've seen here? bits of Sometimes. Doctor Sometimes. And now isn't it a show called The, the Doctors, Doctors yeah. maybe? Yeah, uh, where he's like one of the lead guys. Yeah. It's, but, on, it's always on when I'm at the gym. Right. And they, I think they all wear scrubs. So Doctor Oz. That's so Or lab funny. coats. They all wear lab coats. <laughs> is he a... Uh, according to the LA Times... Uh, he's an accomplished cardiac surgeon with degrees from two Ivy League universities. Okay, so he's really qualified. But it does go on to say, uh, what do real doctors have to say about the advice dispensed on the Dr. Oz show? Well, less than one third of it can be backed up by even modest medical advice. One th- Wow. Less than one third. If that sounds alarming, and this is, this is from the LA Times, which I assume is a, a legit paper. Uh, if that sounds alarming, consider this. Nearly four in ten of the assertions made on the hit show appeared to be made on the basis of no evidence at all. <laughs> that <What>? is terrifying. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Dr. Nick is... How do you get away from the show? <laughs> and you know, like, um, uh, Scrubs is uh, quite often regarded as one of the most accurate... Is it really? Uh, ...medical shows. Like, they're very... They they consulted doctors and stuff in the writing, I believe. Which doctors that, do they consult? Doctor Oz, Doctor Phil. Hey, so now I would say you'd be better off just watching Scrubs okay. than watching Doctor Oz. I'd say even better than that. Go see an actual doctor. Oh, that's a great suggestion, actually. Yes, see a doctor. Yeah, who's going to give you some sort of specialized advice? Yeah. Also, because I imagine, like when you're on Doctor Phil or Doctor Oz, that's worked out. Weeks, if not months, in advance. It's like you don't just call up a clinic and they say, "Oh, actually, Doctor Phil's got a, a space later today. If you could just come down to the studio, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd be able to check." There's you a out. waiting room at the back of the <laughs> studio. You walk out, people are applauding. Like, what the hell is happening? What the hell? Oh, Doctor Phil McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Phil was the surname. Now this makes sense. Doctor McGraw will see you now. Well, that makes because Oz is the surname, huh? I mean, pick a. Pick a, what are you His doing? His first name isn't Oz? No, it's Mamet, I think. It's not Oz McGraw? <laughs> what? <laughs> they're keeping it in the family. Okay, all doctors aren't McGraw. I'll only see a doctor with a surname McGraw. That is a cool name. Yeah, Mamet Oz. My, my doctor's name. name is Carol King. Really? Yeah. Tapestry? Really? Pretty cool. What a tapestry we weave, huh? Yeah. Does that mean anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to Oprah. Enough of the oddball doctors. Yeah. Uh, Is Oprah a doctor? Well, in, in some ways. Probably honorary somewhere, right? Surely. I'm going to, uh, later on, just to, because you can't get through all of her achievements, I've got a couple of paragraphs about st- awards she's got and stuff she's got. It's just, it's pretty hectic. Awesome. Um, anyway, Oprah, Oprah, fuck. <laughs> What is this, Saturday Night Live? <laughs> we wish. It's that, Not that it's good, just you that better believe, in it. <laughs> you better believe that they he practiced that all day long and then suddenly live from New York City, yeah. Saturday night, it's it's live, baby. He doesn't have a second Opera. shot. Opera Winfrey. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Turns off his mic. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Uh, Oprah has proved to be hugely influential in many different ways over the years. Um, and this one I found really interesting is her book club. Yes. This is according to Britannica. She broke new ground in 1996 by starting an on-air book club. She announced selections two to four weeks in advance and then discussed the book on her show with a select group of people. Each book chosen quickly rose to the top of the bestseller charts and Winfrey's effect on the publishing industry was significant. Um, apparently, I think it was in an, another article, it said that even books with similar names got a big boost in sales. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? 
the cat on the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming cat in the hat was in oh, Oprah's book club. Yeah, surely. Um, Oprah's efforts came with some criticism. According to The Guardian, her critics sneered at her populist choices, though she has uh, also recommended books by Tolstoy and Faulkner. But they ignore the fact that Oprah single-handedly persuaded millions of Americans to switch off their televisions and read a book. Yeah. Government cannot do that, The Guardian wrote. Oprah can. <laughs> some authors, Hell yeah. Some authors didn't appreciate the publicity her show gave them. Author Jonathan Franzen expressed reservations about Oprah choosing his work for a book club as it might put off male readers. So Oprah uninvited him from the show. What? Jonathan, mm. it sounds like you're not ready to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I got into uh, writing novels for the art. I don't want to make any money from it. I want to connect with exclusively men. Men. What a strange men, choice. Men, men, I'm trying to get my book on the Dr. Phil show. <laughs> uh, Britannica continues, Winfrey further expanded her presence in the publishing industry with the highly successful launch of O, the Oprah magazine, in 2000. In 1998, Winfrey expanded her media and entertainment empire when she co-founded Oxygen Media, which launched a cable television network for women. In 2006, the Oprah and Friends channel debuted or debuted on satellite radio, and she brokered a partnership with Discovery Communications in 2008, through which the Oprah Winfrey Network, or OWN, uh, replaced the Discovery Health Channel in January of 2011. In 2009, Winfrey announced that her television show, uh, talk show would end in 2011. Uh, it was speculated that she would focus on OWN. Uh, the last episode of the Oprah Winfrey show aired in May 2011, and Oprah's next chapter, a weekly primetime interview program on OWN, debuted in January 2012. So it's pretty cool that, because you know, you know you're big when you have to let people down gently by saying two years out, yeah. all right, I'm going to retire from this show in two years. Wow. Yeah, amazing. Which we will be doing with this podcast. <laughs> We'll we, let you know. We will Two be years retiring in 2050. 2050, baby. We're giving you as much notice as we can. Hopefully 30 years is enough. Mm. Probably some, I can hear hearts breaking right now. Yeah. Ow, my heart. <laughs> in 2017, it was announced that Discovery was acquiring a, ma- a majority share in OWN, uh, though Winfrey would remain involved in the channel. Uh, that year, she also became a special correspondent for the... Uh, for 60 Minutes, which aired on CBS. In 2018, Winfrey announced an agreement to produce content for Apple TV. And in 2020, she began producing and hosting the streaming talk show Oprah Talks. Oh, wait, Oprah Talks COVID-19. In addition, she hosted a two-part panel discussion, Where Do We Go From Here? on OWN uh, to address the widespread anti-racism movement that arose after the on video killing of George Floyd, an unarmed American, African-American man by police in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I'm still reading from the Britannica article here. Winfrey engaged in numerous... So this is article. This is the paragraph. He just goes, bangs off a few of the things she's been awarded and whatnot. Wow. Winfrey engaged in numerous philanthropic activities, including the creation of Oprah's Angel Network, which sponsors charitable initiatives worldwide. In 2007, she opened a $40 million school for disadvantaged girls in South Africa. She became an outspoken crusader against child abuse and received many honours and awards from civic, philanthropic and entertainment organisations. In 2010, she was named a Kennedy Centre honoree 
And the following year, she received the Jean Hersholt Humanitarian Award from the Academy of Motion Picture and Art, uh, Arts and Sciences. In 2013, Winfrey was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She won the Cecil B. DeMille Award, a Golden Globe for Lifetime Achievement in 2018. And her, her impassioned speech, in which she called for racial and gender equality, was widely seen as one of the ceremony's most memorable moments. And if you remember it, it sort of kicked off this thing where people were like, Oprah should be the president. <laughs> that would become oh, yeah. a really big thing. People really wanted to like, that speech, you should be running the country. Yeah. And in the end, she, I think, I don't know how much she considered it, but it seemed like it was a genuine possibility for a little while there. Wow. Um, so I knew she was a media mogul, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the acting and how much, I knew she was like rich and had production stuff, but yeah. so much, I didn't yeah. know about it, any of that stuff. It's so nice when you see people just become incredibly wealthy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then spend a lot of it helping other people. Yes. You know, that's very, that's very nice. Yeah. I tell myself if I ever got mega wealthy, I would still be living in a pretty normal house and tr- trying to do as much as possible for other people. But I think it's also like where do you start? How do you build a school in South Africa? How does that happen? <laughs> Who do yeah. you speak to? Yeah, amazing. And, I mean, maybe to her $40 million isn't even that much. Yeah, she's like, achoo, oh, $40 million. Well, I'm about to say what a recent um, estimate of her wealth is. And I, if that's true, she's been holding on to a bit of it. It's got to start in the Bs, I reckon. Yeah, there's a B in there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, also amazing. Um, and all of her her business acumen and how she um, just had a lot of success with that. Although there were ups and downs. Mm. You know, there were failures in there as well. But um, way more wins. Uh, so, freeze. do you want to have a guess? <laughs> Whenever we do these guesses for money, uh, the guess is always way too high, and it's like, oh, no, nah, it's actually not <laughs> that much. I'll just say it. So, the CEO magazine... 8,000 million billion. <laughs> the CEO magazine, uh, late last year, estimated her wealth at... 2.6 2. 6 6 billion, billion US guess. dollars. I Correct. You were spot on. Billion. Spot Thank you. on. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. Yeah. That's a lot of a lot of bread, as the Americans would say. A lot of moolah. I love bread. I uh, I also googled the soft rock band. <laughs> Baby, I'ma want you. <laughs> Baby, I'ma need you. They also love to add syllables. That's me to singing to my bread. <laughs> I also Googled. That makes sense, baby. I'm going to need you. That works. (laughs) Sorry, Dave. What did you Google? Uh, Does she have any doctorates? Yes. Oh. She has not one, not two, not three, but at last count from Business Insider, four honorary doctorates, making her probably, to be honest, more of a doctor than Dr. Phil McGraw. That's incredible. (laughs) Not surprising at all either. I want an honorary doctorate. Wow. Right. What? Any listeners out there, if they have that power... Give me one. <laughs> give me! <laughs> Go on, give me! Go on. Go on. Please! So, uh, what an absolutely incredible life. So, how old is she now? She's 50... Uh, sorry, 67, I believe. She was born in 54. Mm. Just, what's it like to be her for one day? God. You know, wake up. She's so smart. Knows everyone. Has so many plans. Maybe a little bit... Uh, less is happening now than yes. at her peak, but like at her peak, imagine waking up would have been what a, what a life. I think it's it's funny also to think maybe I've gone early on a report on her life. Probably like 
She's not done. Yeah. Like she's still at the Harry and Meghan interview. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a couple months back, yeah. And uh, like uh, in research, you know, when you, you'll get um, suck in alerts from, uh, I don't know, my phone does it anyway, about news for things you've been searching. Mm. And there's been a big interview with Elliot Page that's um, been big in the news recently as well. Yeah. So yeah, Oprah's just like always super relevant and in the news. Um from the Guardian, it says Oprah recalls watching her grandmother. So the really the the her first parent, um, full time parental um, guardian, her grandmother. She remembers recalling. She re- remembers recalling <laughs> watching her grandmother hunched over a basin and washing white people's clothes. Her beloved granny would tell her that the secret of success in her life would be to work for some good white folks, just like she did, who allowed her to take the leftovers from their dinner table. Oprah says, I regret my grandmother did not live to see. I've got some good white folks working for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does she feed them from a dinner table? (laughs) Yeah, she lets them have the scraps. That's good. There was another thing I was going to talk about a bit was her. She had a long feud with David Letterman, um, but I haven't gone into that at all. It's, just, it's quite funny in parts, hmm. and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do that as my next uh, Patreon bonus oh, report. A um, feud. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it was. I think it was maybe a bit one-sided. But <laughs> anyway, I'll look into that more and, and talk about that. Um, next month on the Patreon bonus episode. Mm. Fantastic. So that was my report on Oprah Winfrey. And like wow. we always say with these biographies for, you know, people, wildly successful people, so much stuff that was missed out. And I'm sorry if your favourite Oprah anecdote was not mentioned. Just can't fit it all in. Um, but a lot in there that I had, uh, I did not know anything about. So Yeah, me either. That was really interesting. Thank you, Matt. Hey, thank you for hey, listening. Hey, congratulations. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. This was my Oprah Winfrey moment. Mm. Do I get a car? Uh, yeah. Is it the one I came here in? Yeah. Mm. It's better than no car. Check your pockets. Are there keys in there? No, nah, they're in my bag. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one second. <laughs> okay, do you, want, do you want me to get my keys out of my bag and then you can put them in my pocket? That do you feels wanna, weird. <laughs> uh, have a little rustle around in your bag. I think you'll find there's a set of keys to a car in there. <laughs> <gasps> there is! <laughs> well, that's yours. And it already has my house key on there as well. Mm-hmm. Mad acts wow. fast. Act very, very fast. <laughs> well, that brings us to everyone's favourite segment of the show, the fact quote or question section. Uh, the way this one works is uh, you get involved at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com and you sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level. There's a bunch of different levels, different prices and and different sort of rewards bonus episodes we do three a month uh, amongst other things like uh, you get uh, to vote on what the topics we do mm-hmm. and all sorts of uh, fun stuff like that there's a facebook group where people uh, beautiful community in there and um, other such things but this one uh, that we're kicking off with today is the fact quote or question section which i think has a little jingle that goes something like this fact quote or question he always remembers the ding. Got to say, it's great to be back in the room together for this. Yeah. We've all it was gone weird solo doing the last it few by weeks. Myself. <laughs> it sucks so much. I didn't do it because I couldn't talk, to be fair. Okay. That's a pretty good excuse. How convenient that you lost your voice. <laughs> I'm actually, I think I'm losing it oh, no. now. Sorry. Matt, do you want to take, take this over? 
Uh, so first up, uh, our first fact quote or question, it comes from Dave. You'll always help me with the pronunciation of his name. Jacoby Austin Dangel. The Angel. The Angel. And Jacoby has given himself the title. Everyone gets to give themselves a title. He's his writer, director, actor, producer, executive producer, cinematographer, editor, gaffer, script supervisor, location manager, set decorator, art director, sound mixer, costume designer, (laughs) boom mic operator, caterer, and, of course, best boy of the do-go-on movie. Wow. I've got to say, Jacoby... You've got to learn to delegate, you mate. <laughs> Come on. We've said this before. It'll yeah. help so you. Stressful. It'll help you. Imagine. Yeah. You'll be able to focus more on being a be- your best best boy. You're stressing me out. If you give up that location and manager And I'm role. the talent. <laughs> the talent should never be stressed. <laughs> I assume I'm the talent in the do-go-on movie. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> oh, wait, are other people you're playing more, You're us? an advisor, yeah. Oh, we're just like consultants? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't like that. I still got to cash a big check. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that. Get, hot. get Jessica Beale oh. to play me. She's beautiful. Awesome. Who's going to play you, Matt? Um, Conan O'Brien. Yes. Fantastic. Dave? Bashim? Uh, if Bashim is available, we'll take him. Okay. If not? Um, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so <laughs> take that. here is Jacoby's fact. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the production of the Dugan movie has been put on hold and the set has been evacuated due to COVID-19. Damn it. So I'll go with a non-movie-related fact and a bit of a question this time around. Mm. I'm writing this week out for my birthday, April the 14th. So that's not too long ago, which is also the day that Abe Lincoln was assassinated. The Titanic hit the iceberg. Thomas Edison played the first movie on his kinetoscope. Like the Soviet space dog disintegrates upon re-entry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Upon re-entry in Sputnik 2. And that's a grim fact. And John Steinbeck (laughs) published his seminal work, The Grapes of Wrath. Real depressing birthday, he said. That's an amazing date, though. Uh, There was lots of other cool stuff, too, but no time to list them all. What are some interesting things that happen on your birthdays? Wikipedia.org and other sites have big lists for every day of the year. The only one I know off the top of my head is that it's also Macaulay Culkin's birthday. Mine's also Shania Twain and Jack Black's birthday. Oh, yeah, you've got good birthday buddies. I forget that. That's great. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure mine's pretty... I don't think I have anything. I don't think anything's happened for me. No. That's also my parents' wedding anniversary. Your birthday. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. Wow, that was a busy day for them. Um, I've yeah, certainly overshadowed them as a as a child. Did w- was it pre or post ceremony that she gave birth? Uh, pre. Oh, I shared That's with Mother smart. Teresa as so well. So she could have had some drinks at the reception. And Melissa McCarthy and Chris Pine. Pri- Who? <laughs> Chris Pine. Mother Teresa is, uh, shares my birthday as well. That's pretty cool. Uh, in 1884, on August 28th, the first known photograph of a tornado was made in South Dakota. Wow. That's a big one. Jeez, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? Uh, thank you so much for that great fact and question, Jacoby. Uh, the next one comes from Drew Forsberg, who's asking a question. Drew's given himself the title of Archduchess of Smarch Muskets. Archduchess of Smarch Muskets. Oh, that's hard to say. <laughs> Hard to listen to? Yeah. Uh, Drew writes this question. Have you ever experienced a coincidence? 
outside of auteur Robert Vince's Vinceverse. Okay, so this won't make any sense to you two. Uh, barely makes sense to me. This is a Primates <laughs> um, reference. Oh. So we love the work of Robert Vince, uh, directed films such as Most Vertical Primate, mm-hmm. <laughs> MVP 1, <laughs> 2, and MXP, Most Extreme Primate, oh, wow. as well as the ones about he was involved in the dog ones. Airbud. Airbud. Big fan Air of Robert buddies. Vince. I think he's one of the greatest auteurs of the 20th century. He's amazing. You know you're watching a Robert Vince film because, yeah. So, but he, I think maybe Andy Matthews coined the term coincidence <laughs> um, because they're just like things happen in his films. <laughs> anyway, so let me just read this thing from Drew. Uh, he says he thinks he has uh, experienced some coincidences outside of the films of Robert Vince in the Vinceverse. Uh, but I'm not sure. I was on a trip with my parents and we just so happened upon my aunt and uncle whilst out sightseeing. There was no coordination between the parties. We live in different cities and were staying in different towns on the trip. If we hadn't come across each other at that precise moment, the chance of a run at, uh, of a run at any other point seems incredibly low. We had a lovely time. I know that this was just a regular coincidence, but I wanted to be a cheeky bastard whilst referencing <laughs> some of my favourite Primates episodes. Oh, thank you very much, Drew. Yeah, so I think it... I'm, I'm just trying to remember what the coincidences were. I think it's, just, you know, in in films that are a bit loose, uh, they say coincidences to get you into trouble's okay, but coincidences to get you out of trouble is kind of shitty writing. Yeah. But I think uh, the great man really flips that on its head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably what we were referencing. Have you ex- ever experienced any any coincidences or coincidences? Oh, n- nah. If people want to g- go back and listen to the Primates episodes about MVP 1, 2, and MXP, all fantastic episodes, or with Andy Matthews and, the, and then also with Alastair Trombley Birchall, I believe. It's hard on the spot to think of them. Yeah. Um, coincidence. I, I, I'm, I've probably told this one before on the show, but uh, I used to work as a as an air conditioning salesman, and at the same time I was hosting breakfast TV, community TV in Melbourne, and um, so I'd go I'd get up at 5 a.m., go to TV, and then go to do my job. And one time... Uh, one of the installers was uh, was installing one of the air conditioners that I sized up and sold, and um, the he, the installer was trying to figure out from the owner <laughs> who the who quoted the job was, and he goes, I don't know, he's sort of like a lanky sort of dopey guy, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the installer's like sort of seemed a bit stoned. He's like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, actually. That's him there. And he pointed to the TV. I was on the TV at the That's time. Awesome. He just happened to be watching Channel 31. Yeah. So that funny. is a coincidence if I've ever <laughs> heard one. You wouldn't believe it if it was... You'd go, Robert Vince, come on, yeah, mate. Yeah, come on. That's even, pretty silly. Even for you, Robert Vince. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, but great question. Thank you, Drew. And thank you so much for reminding me of Robert Vince. I don't think about him enough. <laughs> Thanks for putting him back in my mind. Is he still out there making movies? I believe he is. He's got to be. What a guy. He's created the whole <laughs> universe. <though. laughs> what a guy. 
Uh, the next one comes from Julian Barnes, uh, who's given himself the title, the guy at the live shows who goes, woo, really quietly when he vaguely recognises something that's just been mentioned. Hell yeah. And I've probably attacked you for it. No, he's real quiet. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julian has a question, uh, which goes like this. I was recently listening to the high quantity high-quality and always-entertaining Phrasing the Bar episode on the Patreon. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. We appreciate that. We Honestly, you. we don't get enough praise for the phrase in the bar. Yes. Uh, you know, please. <laughs> if anyone likes Phrasing the Bar, the bar blah, blah, blah. Let us know. September 10, come to the mummy. And this month's going to be George of the Jungle, which I'm yes. excited about. Hell yeah. Do you think we should do a spin-off show about Phrasing the Bar called Phrasing the Blah? Where we just chat about episodes of phrasing the bar we can just catch up if you want <laughs> like it doesn't have to be in a podcast what a waste if you just want to get a coffee just let me know we can just do that and the microphones <laughs> are in the coffee <laughs> what Lucky about a for us shakespeare podcast called praising the bard <laughs> shakespeare appreciation podcast yeah no okay it would be a short one <laughs> a bit wordy for me <laughs> he's all right the yeah. end uh, End of pod. Julian goes on just before. Uh, so was listening to phrasing the bar just before the now and then episode. Jess mentions how much she loved the film. After she's done the rewatch, she's unsure how well it's held up with time. Can you think of any other movies you loved Ooh. when you were younger, but watching now has made you cringe a bit? To answer my own question, I remember not another teen movie being at the absolute pinnacle of humor when I was a kid, but going back and watching it now. It has me going, oof, every five minutes. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that was one that did kind of hold up all right. Mm. I watched that only a few years ago, and I'm like, I loved it as a kid, and I reckon it's still, but, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be saying that based on every five minutes and oof. Oof. Uh, I reckon uh, primates helped deliver a few for me. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I was phrasing the bar. Oh, I reckon yes. Encino Man was, I thought was so funny as a kid. I also thought... Uh, Ace Ventura was so funny as a kid, yeah. and that they neither it of those sucks. held up. <laughs> I think I, I think the problem with those ones can be that you remember it so fondly, so you've set your own expectations up high, and, and I, then it doesn't meet those. But I think sometimes the nostalgia can carry it through a little bit too. Like George of the Jungle will be that. Yes. You know, it probably not. If I was watching it for the first time, I wouldn't be like, "This is a masterpiece." And that's the case for like. Wayne's World, my partner's ah. like, eh. Yeah, right. But he saw it as an adult, where I right. saw it as like early right. teens with my brother, and it was like a bonding thing. So I, now I think it's very funny. Um, I can't think of. Hey, we're in Delaware. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That's good I think stuff. that holds up as a bit. Good stuff. Um, a show I mentioned earlier, Scrubs. I rewatched that maybe last year. And it's mostly okay, but there are some parts that's like, oh, boy, oh, no. Like, quite homophobic. Oh, right. And pretty sexist at times as well. The uh, There was a sketch with Lorne Michaels and Oprah in her Saturday Night Live thing, and that is a big oof. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you can find it online. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think my one, I absolutely loved the Kevin Smith movie, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Mm. And in year seven, that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Doesn't Another Primates episode. Really? Yeah. Doesn't tickle me as much as it once did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that happens a lot. And I mean, maybe it, maybe it will, maybe it should. Like maybe it, because that at least means that we're moving forward. Yeah, comedy especially it just doesn't yeah. date very well. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a, the the kind of annoying thing about comedy is mm. things aren't as you know they have, it has to be current and it has to be well usually some stuff holds up over a long time but I'd say vast majority of comedy just doesn't date well. Yeah, not podcasts. No, not podcasts. Podcasts are forever. Phew. God, we said some problematic things in oh. episode two, though. We've got to keep going until 2050, people. <laughs> uh, the final fact quarter question today comes from Izakio, who's given themselves the title of official do-go-on podcast before session headphone sterilizing intern. Thank you. Very important gig. And uh, we've got. I like f- to lick my headphones, so I like <laughs> to know that they're clean. Isakio's given us a fact, and the fact is, unsterilized headphones will hamper you from reaching your podcasting potential. Thank God you have a dedicated intern <laughs> to take care of this task. The podcast would suffer greatly in my absence. Got to go real f- re- refill my heavily diluted bleach sprayer bottle. Catcha. <laughs> oh, bless. Thank, Thank you, Isakio. You, so Thank you so much. And it does make me feel a lot better to know you're there. Um, fantastic work. In the shadows. All right. Well, there are fact quotes and questions. Like I say, get involved uh, at dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod and sign up on the Sydney Schomburg Lux Memorial Edition level. But another thing we like to do is thank a few of our other long-term supporters uh, who um, sign out up on a different level, the Ask Prod level, I believe, Dave. Is that right? I, was, I don't know why I still don't know which one this is, but... Get on the website. Ask you're you're, you're working at Asprod. It's Asprod. It Ask is Prod. Uh, okay, so, and Jess normally comes up with a little game based on the uh, topic we just talked she about. She does, and she forgot, because it's been a while. Can we a talk show? Yes. Yes, we're going to name your morning show. <laughs> All right. I like this. Um, so, first up, uh, this shout-out comes... Way, way late because uh, I accidentally uh, thanked someone else two weeks in a row and ticked your name off the list. Ah. So apologies for this and thank you for getting in contact and letting me know my error. Uh, But from Hopetown in Victoria, I'd love to thank Emily Teasdale. Emily Teasdale uh, from Hopeton. Hopeton. What's Emily's podcast called? Podcast? Uh, morning show. Morning talk show. Morning talk show is, oh, I thought if I just started something. Oh, like what about like uh, Cooking with Gas? Yeah, Cooking with Gas. Sponsored and, by a gas company. And co-host is Chips McGaskin. Oh, yes. As we were talking about on a recent Patreon bonus episode, Chips. Chips. What a great name. Bring it back. Oh, I so regret <laughs> not naming the dog Chips. That was a... <laughs> Goose is a Goose great is name. Great. Goose, Goose is pretty good. good, and it suits him. He's very silly. <laughs> Chips. Chips. It's funny, on the um, on her first appearance on Letterman, um, which was in 86, uh, Letterman's like asking about it, what, what is the show, a bit of cooking, that sort of stuff? She's like, no, nah, I don't do any cooking. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, has anyone researched I know, have this? you done any research? Ugh. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> is that how he used to do his interviews? But I, then I, I also, you forget that... Uh, you know, that was just a show that was on at 1.30am. You know, it's pretty loose. It's funny, it's like, it feels like it's got kind of the vibe of a community TV show. But Except, with a budget. But with a budget. But like 8 million people watching it. Lots of people watching it, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Emily Teaser, and thank you so much for your patience. I'd also love to thank, from Falkland, 
in Fife in Great Britain, Rebecca Stephen. Rebecca Stephen. Something about Fife, maybe? Yeah. Fife up your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fife up your life is fantastic. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Fife up your life. Uh, That's fantastic, yeah. So <laughs> sort of a chat show and a bit of a like a life coach yeah. sort of show. Yeah. A bit of an Oprah Winfrey type show. Exactly right. Only Rebecca Stephen is actually qualified. <laughs> yes. That, one of my favourite. Dr. Rebecca <laughs> Stephen. One of my favourite uh, Simpsons episodes is the Jebediah Sprungfield episode where Homer walks into like the Springfield Historical Society. One, where's the five? Two, give me the five. <laughs> oh, that was stuff. great. That was when the, the, your band and your children are banned and your children's children are banned for 12 months. For three months. <laughs> for three months. Um, and finally from me, I'd love to thank from Caddington in Bedfordshire in Great Britain, Gina Penning. Gina Penning. Penning Pals. Penning Pals. So Is it like a letter writing show? It's a letter yeah. writing show, but the letter so and then Gina brings together pen pals to meet in person oh, for the first time. That's nice. Oh, that is nice. And you Penning go, wow. Pals. And also there's a little segment about um, how to improve your handwriting. <laughs> and there's another segment about scrapbooking. Yeah. Which is a nice little aside. It's beautiful aside. Yeah, it's a nice show. It's really wholesome. Thanks, Gina. Um, Dave, would you like to thank some people as well? I sure would, Jess. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I would like to thank From. <laughs> well, Dave and I are fine. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> don't worry, we keep the chemistry alive. I sure would. <laughs> From Lafayette. Joke nasty. Joke nasty. <laughs> From Lafayette in Indiana, I would like to thank Leah Freel. Freel and good. Oh, yeah, Freel and good with Leah Freel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a show um, where they use... Puppies to oh. cheer people up. Well, it's like a like, and is it more every day? Yeah, there's just like you know, it's still like an Oprah-like studio. Yeah, but instead of floor, it's puppies. Oh no! So you have to walk across the puppies? No, you, they. Um, <laughs> I was imagining the audience you're, would be puppies. No, no, but... you're lowered onto the puppies. Oh, okay. Like uh, Tom Cruise in that film. Uh, <laughs> Vanilla <impossible>. Sky. <laughs> That would ain't funnier. Yeah. <laughs> Hence I said it. Also, you're not much of a dog person, are you? <laughs> no, this show is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that people love them and they get cheered up by puppies. God, yeah. they're fucking real, man. They're okay. Thanks, Leah Friel. I would like to thank from La Puente in California... Abraham Gutierrez. Abraham Gutierrez. That's a fantastic name for starters. I absolutely love that. Oof. Hosts a morning show called... Hamming it up. Hamming it up. With Abraham. Okay. Now I see where that came from <laughs> and I like it even more. So it's a, sort of a light-hearted talk show where uh, Abraham has guests mm-hmm. on and they just shoot the shit. We'll but it's all very light. They don't get into anything too serious. It's just about, you know, hamming it up. Hamming it up. Does everyone get a, like a ham and cheese toastie on arrival? No. <laughs> no, there is no ham. That mean. There shall be no ham here. <laughs> <laughs> He's a vegetarian. <laughs> Spam, yes. <laughs> the funnier meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now from Ireland in Gory. Pretty cool. I would like to thank Owen Fitzpatrick. 
In gory. Gory. Gory holes. And it's where the guest comes in and um, they've got a person from their past who is dead or alive (laughs) on the other side of a wall and there's only a hole there. There could be a corpse there. Yeah. That's where that's where the goriness comes in, right? And they've got to. They're all they can do is look through the small hole. Yep. And and then decide who it is. <laughs> who it is. So it's and, like a this is your life. Yep. But through g- gory holes. Yeah. It's not like do you recognise this voice? It's do you recognise this small part of someone from your life, dead or alive? Hmm. Do you win a prize if you can identify them? No, that they, they, they just use them to help tell the story of your life. So they're telling the story of your life, right? And then. Um, Obviously, the dead guests uh, don't talk a lot, but the living ones will then come out and sort of add to the story a bit. Mm. It's really a gimmick. None of them have ever been dead. That'd be full on. They're always alive. Oh, that's good. Always alive. Always alive. Just because at the, time of recording the paperwork. That's right. Six thousand episodes and counting. <laughs> the paperwork of having a dead person on TV is yeah. Nobody wants to do that. But the the gory thing didn't really work without that. Yeah, it needs something. Something, yeah. So they do it like they slime people like at the Nickelodeon yeah. Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> it's much like that. Can I thank some people as well? Yes, please. I would love to thank from Bradford in uh, in Great Britain, Jamie Chapman. Ooh, something in chap? What about... Um, Dapper chaps. <laughs> Dave, don't even try now. Yeah, He's that's nailed pretty it good. I was going to go with something to do with chapstick. No, so. dapper chaps it is. But that could be involved. Oh, Matt, okay, yes. You have to pity him. He had a shit suggestion. You had an amazing <laughs> Come one. Come on, chapstick. So it's a, gro- it's a, it's a chat show about uh, grooming. Dapper chaps. Yes, men. fashion advice. Yeah. Can you, what, what if he signs off the show with... Don't forget to chap, and then he puts on some chapstick <laughs> as the audience and applauds. He goes, yeah, and he says, "Who's Nidal? <laughs> who's this person? Are you talking about yourself, Jamie Chapman? Oh, Jamie Chapman. No, Jamie Chapman hosts the show. He doesn't have to try out for the show. No, it's not try out. It's just that's just the catchphrase at the end of the show. I hate it. Don't forget to chap. No, Dave. <laughs> Why have you gone all negative? <laughs> because that's a terrible suggestion. I'm just being honest. I think. Well, Dave, let's try it for the pilot. <laughs> We'll see. I honestly think that that could become a big catchphrase. And like I said, the audience applauds. Yeah. Well. So at home, you know, they love it. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, there is a warm-up person going, fucking applaud. And they turn the cameras around and the crowd are just sitting there. It's stony face, but yeah. the, the applaud That's right. um, soundtrack is But we, uh, we assure Jamie that we'll fix it in post. Easy. No problem. <laughs> Jamie's so disheartened, but... You can't tell in post. No. That's right. We will Photoshop a smile on that dial. Um, I would also love to thank... Thank you, Jamie. I would love to thank uh, from Whitehorse in YT in Canada. I don't know what that is. Young Tony. Young Tony in Young Tony's house. I'd love to thank Dave Rogers. Dave Rogers hosts a show called Why Tea. Mm -hmm. People come on and explain why they love tea. Okay. It's Yukon. Oh, Yukon. (laughs) Why tea? Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think it's Yukon Territory, maybe. Uh, Oh, okay. That makes sense. sense. Uh, Why tea? So, and the format is you come out and say, coffee, tea? And they always have to say, Tea, please. Right. And then the host goes, well, why, why tea? tea? And then they tell a story about <laughs> yeah. the first time they had a cup of tea exactly. with their grandma. And that could go anywhere from there. Beautiful. Four hours, daily show. Okay. No ad breaks, no time. <laughs> okay. Don't want to miss any gold. 
have have you watched the uh, what's the, the show about the American guy teaching the soccer team? Coaching the soccer team. Oh, uh, Ted. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. No, I it's haven't. Like a, there's a, he hates tea. It's like a running joke through right. it. He's like, I just, it's yuck water. I don't, it's a bit of fun. Bit Great of fun. show. Real nice show. I think you might like it. Yeah, I, I've heard good things and I uh, am meant to check it out, so I will do that. Don't, I went in with lowish expectations. Luckily, after I saw it, I saw someone refer to it as, a perfect show, oh, okay. and it was not right. <laughs> there was there, there was so there were things I'm like, wow, that character just totally changed for a scene, mm. <laughs> stuff like that. But so you would have preferred the review an imperfect show. <laughs> I like a really good show, yeah. but it's not a perfect show. <laughs> it's perfect television. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to say. Oh God, this is perfect, perfect. television. Mm. Perfect. As if I know anything. People are saying that about YT. <laughs> <laughs> Well, finally for me, I would like... YT is my favourite so YT far. is amazing. <laughs> hmm. But YT. <laughs> and one guest says coffee. And they're like, oh. oh what the fuck? What why the fuck? Coffee. Why coffee? Ooh. Fuck you. Honestly, why fuck coffee? You. you fucked They're this. like tapping the set that has big <laughs> letters saying YT. <laughs> you signed an agreement. Uh, finally, I would love to thank from South Yarra in Victoria... Izzy McGraw. Oh, Dr. Ooh. Izzy McGraw? <laughs> <laughs> Izzy McGraw? Izzy McGraw. Getting quizzy with Izzy. Oh, oh, I love that. Best quiz show. Is it a quiz show? Yeah, it's a morning oh, quiz show. Thank goodness it's a quiz show. About time. Why has no one thought of that before? Start your day with a Pe- bit of trivia. Yeah, people love trivia. Yeah, they're in all newspapers have a quiz. People love sitting in a cafe. Yeah. yeah. Having a cup of tea. Why White not? tea. Why and not a sit in a cafe yelling at a television? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be a, the, sort of the crazy that sweeps the nation. Mm. Why hasn't anyone done this? Yeah. Well, Izzy we? has. Izzy, Izzy has. On it, Izzy. Right. Well, uh, I'd love to thank one more time. Izzy, Dave, Jamie, Owen, Abraham, Leah, Gina, Rebecca, and Emily. And was I right there with Ian? No, Owen. E-O-I-N. You did that without even thinking about it, and I thought it was fucking badass, Dave. Oh, well, sometimes you just roll the dice. And the only people left to thank now are welcoming some people into the Trip Ditch Club. We've got two weeks worth of people to invite in oh, because Jess's voiceless um, week last week meant that a few people have been standing in line. Luckily, it's a beautifully heated alleyway. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, oh my goodness. It's like an indoor-outdoor area. <laughs> yeah. So, Fantastic. So don't worry. Isn't don't it funny? Because there are people who aren't in yet who are still like, I mean, it's just nice out here. It's one of the few places it's actually nice to line up at. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, even they think that until they get inside. They're like, oh, that line was a piece of shit compared to in here. <laughs> uh, okay. So there are a few. We've got uh, Dave. You ready for this? Let me count them up. One, two, <coughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh nine. My God, Dave. Nine inductees. Oh, my God. I, I had to do nine on my own two weeks ago. Yeah, I think I did. Was, I had something similar. Did you do some uh, MCing? I, I gave them piping. all. I think I. Oh, <clears throat> I think I feel like I gave them all a fact. No, but that might have been someone else. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I did. Uh, maybe I did do that. Isn't that funny that I can't remember two weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, anyway, well. um, so the way, if you don't understand this part of the show, we um, induct some people into the Triptych Club. It's a club where people have been supporting us. On the shout-out section. Did I mispronounce one of those words? No, not at all, no. no, no, no. Um, from, if they're on the shout-out levels for three years straight, 
you get inducted into the Triptych Club, a beautiful club where you once you're inside, you get to really... It's like, a, you know, the Qantas Club or something like that. You get access to it whenever you need it. Yeah, whenever you need it. We're there. Uh, and Jess uh, normally is designing a cocktail and some hors d'oeuvres, and Dave's booking a band. I'm standing out the front, uh, the doorman, welcoming people in. I got the clipboard, I got the velvet rope ready to raise. You Jess, honestly have the easiest job. Um, do you want to? Sw- should we switch jobs? Yes, please. All right. So you're gonna you bring him in. Oh, I'll I don't d- want to do that. Oh, oh yeah, no, I can do that. And Dave can. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Matt has to try and hype me up. Yeah, he'll be good at it, I reckon. But he... All right, great. Because usually he's not on board with my hyping. Yeah. Okay, Down to that one. Yeah, great. Okay. All right, so now what are the roles? So Jess is bringing me in. I'm going to design a cocktail. Yes. Uh, based on... Oh, what's something? I can't remember. Any food-related stuff for Oprah? Well, corn co- she had a corn cob doll. So <laughs> we're going to have corn. corn on the cob in the shape of dolls with little faces on them. And our... Uh, all our drinks are going to be corn-based, corn-based uh, spirits in uh, cocktails. What's that, bourbon? Whiskey sour, bourbon maybe. So we'll have bourbon and Coke. Um, <laughs> nice. That's more of, that sounds, is that an Aussie thing? No, that's, that'd be an American be, uh, thing. Everyone. <laughs> that's everyone. Everyone, that's something for everyone. Uh, and Dave, have you booked a band? Uh, yes, we do have. We have uh, Common and John Legend oh, teaming who? up who uh, won the Academy Award for their song Glory. In the film Selma, produced ah. by Oprah Winfrey. Wasn't that in, in, interesting how, I guess they weren't in the cast who were involved in that protest. So maybe, yeah, it's very strange, that whole thing about how they were just did not get voted for because, anyway. So stupid. So, but they're also so performing their own hit, Strong Legend in Common, so. Mm. Oh, yeah, great. So it'll be a great night. Great oh, night. yeah, a lot of fun. All right, well. Uh, I was watching a film the other night with Common in it. What was it? Can't remember. doesn't matter. Okay. Thank you for that fun fact. <laughs> Are you ready? Ava. It was not very good. All right. Are you ready to hype? Yes, I'm ready to hype. I've made it look easy because everything done well looks easy. I mean, if we're all swapping roles, should Matt be hyping and I should be hyping him? Should he be hyping? Yeah, he's the hype person. Oh, uh, I see. He for be... the inductees and then I hype Matt. Okay. Do you think you can do that, though, after what I did to you in the past? I feel like I've Do you want to you. take turns? But you better believe it. I'm going to be positive for you. Okay. I was really ready to be positive for you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why don't we take turns? Okay. Right. From Munro in New York, it is Gino Fratto. Fratto. You're no bratto. You're the besto. Welcome, Gino. Very good. Love it. Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot to hype you back. Hells yeah. My man is in tonight. <laughs> Uh, from uh, OK in the US? Cool. Oklahoma. Jordan Reese. Oh, Reese. A OK. Very good. Dave, you nailed that. That felt real good. That was Thank better you. than OK yourself. That Thank was brilliant. You. Thank you. From Ford in the ACT, Edward Bassanelli. Bassanelli, uh, Country Grammar is a great song. We're dancing to it tonight. And oh. Ford, what an automobile. They make them on a, in a, in a plant and you yeah. are growing on me. Yes. Oh, man, I am boogieing with you on that. 
From Brunswick in Victoria, Tess Flotman. Uh, Tess more like best. <laughs> yes, Dave. Yes, yes, you're the best. You no. and Jess equally good. This Thank you. Incredible. <laughs> From Huber Heights in Ohio, it is Harold Stutz. 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 Stutz, I don't have to stoop down to you. You're right up on my level, if not above. <laughs> Welcome in, my man. Yeah. <laughs> From London, it is Luke McKernan. <laughs> <laughs> My legs are burning for McKernan. Yes, Dave. That was a tough one, but you made it look easy. Three more to go. You're doing so well. From Garland in Texas, John R. Mays. John R. Mays, you are amazing. You're the best, and there's no zing there. Hell Good on yeah. you. Oh, my goodness. You saw an opportunity and you took it. <laughs> From Millersville in PA, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, Benjamin Dalton Joel. Oh, I'd like to be your PA just so I could follow you around all the time because you are so cool. <laughs> hey, if I want to be PA to you, can I PAA? Yeah, you be my PAA. <laughs> <laughs> just can be the PAA. <laughs> and finally, from Chicago, Illinois, Charlie Haber. You don't make me feel Illinois. You make me feel awesome, Illinois. Oh. Welcome to the club. Hey, Bert, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. We did it. We that did felt it. so good. That felt really good. I didn't mark any of them down. I didn't want to touch your computer. I don't know where it's been. Nah, just kidding. I've been unwell. <laughs> but uh, amazing work there. That was really inspiring to see from both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Thanks your for... reading out was beautiful as well. Thank Shut you. Up. Thank you for your honesty. Stop it. You really? I can't handle oh, this. Very nice. It's too nice. You're a nice person. Stop. <laughs> we do joke, joke nasty. We also do joke nicey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. What a fun, fun time we've had tonight. Or today. Or this morning. Or yesterday. Whenever you're listening. It's yesterday somewhere in the world. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't... Yeah. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, Dave, anything to tell us before we boot this baby home? Hey, if you want to get involved with the Patreon just to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And uh, whilst you're on the World Wide Web, why not hit up our website, dogoonpod.com, where you can find links to all our social medias, how you can suggest a topic, and uh, our email, dogoonpod at gmail.com. Also, we've got the mummy on sale. Get involved. We'd love to see you there in front of the big or screen. Or at the daddy. Up to you. It's going to yeah. be so fun. We That'd won't be, be at that one. Probably yeah, but it'll be running in tandem cinemas, so. You can Mrs. Doubtfire it and go to both. <laughs> Dip in and out. <laughs> Why not have two dates set up at once? One you take to the porno and one you take to the mummy. Perfect. Perfect. And, uh, fantastic. Hedge your bets. I'd love to be taken to a porno <laughs> on a date. <laughs> Especially as you walk in going, oh, we could go to see the mummy? You chose to see the daddy? I once went on a date to a an anti-porn uh, discussion night. Oh, wow. <laughs> but no time to get into that. That's the end of the show. I'm so fascinated. I will be asking questions off here. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. And until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.